Want a better life? Then you need better sleep. And if you want better sleep, you need the Dream Cloud Hybrid Mattress with five layers of comfort, support, and cooling for the sleep you deserve. Order your Dream Cloud Hybrid Mattress today and get $799 in savings and accessories with your purchase. Enjoy free shipping and returns, a lifetime warranty, and a 365-night trial. Visit dreamcloudsleep.com today to experience your better life on a Dream Cloud. Hey guys, how you doing? JP Sarikolia here, and welcome again to another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. This is episode, if I'm not mistaken, 173. We've been doing this for quite some time, for the last two years. And today is a special day for me. I have a guest, uh, a good friend, Anthony A. Perez. Uh, he is a a fellow YouTuber. He's been doing, I think for the last two years, if I'm not mistaken, he's been doing stuff in YouTube in his channel. Uh, he concentrates on reviewing movies, TV shows, anime. He's also a big Star Wars fan. And his channel has been growing. Uh, last year, it, you know, it grew really fast. He's been doing a lot of good stuff. He has great content. And, uh, you know, I really like his take into movies. He, he really shares his views. He's very open about it. He also helps other YouTubers. Uh, he has a, he's the administrator in a group in Facebook where a lot of YouTubers as well that, you know, they don't have as much viewership. They don't have many viewers, but they're growing and they're helping each other out. So he's becoming a leader among, you know, the team about among the people in YouTube, which is good. It's nice to see. So uh, I'm glad to have him here. He, I'll invite him to be on this conversation. We want to talk about the Snyderverse. We want to talk about the Justice League. We want to talk about our views in reference to it and what we foresee in the future. But I'm really glad that he took my invitation and he is here. So welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Thank you for, again, for the invite. You know, thank you for the, taking the invitation. I'm sorry. No, of course. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. The, the kind words and that great introduction. Uh, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know who I am, Anthony Perez, I do movie reviews, all that jazz over my channel. Um, and yeah, man, I, I, I've had a lot of fun in the last two years doing this channel because when I started it, it was mm -hmm. primarily just to find a sense of community. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like you ever just have that, those moments where you're out at work or you're hanging out with, you know, you know, some casual friends or whatever, mm -hmm. and you try to talk about movies or, you know, the, the <laughs> geeky stuff that you're into and they only care so much, right? Like they, yeah. they only care so much to listen and like, you know, me talking about Darth Vader for the 15th time in the day, like it just doesn't matter to a lot of people. So I, I just knew I needed to find a community you know and i have mm -hmm. my close friends in my life that are into that kind of stuff but you know as we've gotten older people have moved yeah. around and it's you know you're just kind of communicating through you know the phones or social media and so it's been a it's been a lot of fun to be able to connect with all these various youtubers and and do these collab reviews or like mm -hmm. you know the, the live streams together and really see our channels blossom and it's also also really cool because uh, you mentioned the facebook group it's really cool to be able to introduce people to that group and then start to see these friends that i've had for a while that i've been collabing with start to collab with each other so to mm -hmm. see this these new faces just become like now new consistent faces within that collab cycle uh so i recently just added you uh, to the group so I, you know mm -hmm. i look forward to doing collab with you as well as everybody else in that group because everybody just is open and willing to collabing with each other and helping grow each other's channels, man. I think it's an important part of YouTube for sure. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun uh, just trying to grow the channel and, and build this little sense of community. So uh, thank you to you for, for the invite. I, I genuinely appreciate anytime anybody wants me on their channel. Yeah. And you know what? Um, one thing I can share on that is like, uh, as you know, I've been in YouTube for a very long time now. It's been nine years now that I've been producing content in YouTube 
And uh, when I started, the most channels were very small. Um, you barely saw a channel that had over a million subscribers. It was really rare. Now you yeah. see channels that are, you know, they have 20, 40, 50 million subscribers. And so now it's a different game. Um, when I started, like, back in those years, like almost 10 years ago, was everyone was everything was small. Uh, it was like small channels like ours, you know, just us sharing our views. It was not too much production into yeah. it. It was just people sharing their stuff, being open about things. So I felt that during those years, uh, there was a sense of community because everyone was small and everyone was trying to discover how to operate YouTube. But now YouTube has become a, such an enterprise where they have these big production companies that they have like tons of channels and they have a lot of reviewers. So that makes it harder for YouTubers like you and I that um, we just have a small group or a small space to really come out on the on the front. So helping each other out is important. And I've I, I got to be honest with you, I've never been so much into helping other people or helping, you know, to be open for a collapse until I realized recently that it's so important to kind of stay alive in this game and stay alive in YouTube. And also it brings more um, friendships. It creates friendships. It creates a sense of uh, that you belong someplace, that you belong with this group. Like you said, you know, like in daily lives, you can... At my job, for example, in many of my jobs that I in throughout the years, you know, I would share how what I like. But most people are like, hey, that's cool. I like it. You know, I watch the movies, too. But they never felt so passionate about it. It's like I don't feel that connection that I feel like with people in YouTube that, I, you know, like you and I, we share a lot of same passions. We love the same thing. We love Star Wars. We get deep into it. And we love creating content you know, where we can share our views. So I think that's important. So I, I applaud you for you know, being a leader for a lot of YouTubers, I think we need that. You know, we need uh, leadership. We need people to help, you know, to help each other out. So um, I'm glad that, you know, that, that you're part of it. And I'm glad to, you know, to find, actually to find you on, uh, on YouTube and now to become a friend of yours too. So that's cool. I, I like that. Yeah, man, for sure. It's, it's definitely, it's needed, man. Like you said, it's just, you, you gotta, you collaborate with each other and then you create friendships. And uh, I actually just recently did uh like a spoiler mm -hmm. like discussion for this the Snyderverse mm -hmm. and uh yeah I, I, I had a yeah. lot of a lot of fun doing that because I was able to bring together myself and four others now most of them all knew each other but it is nice to one of the guys that was in there um he was fairly new to the group uh, I don't know if you've you've met him yet but his channel is called the Z review uh -huh. and he was in my review video for the spoiler discussion of the Snyderverse and it was his first time like really being able to like it was first time doing a live stream for starters uh -huh. and it was his first time coming together with all these different faces that he's seen and done collabs with <laughs> to actually talk live like this um so he was a little nervous but it was cool to see man it was cool to see him like open up and 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 do this and get to meet all these various people and connecting with and, and, you know he's he's thanked me in the past before for like connecting mm -hmm. to all these various people so i think that's kind of the important part to me man was like you know i look forward to the, to the future of, of having you on a, on a live stream mm -hmm. or having mm -hmm. you in a video maybe one day i'm like hey man would you like to join me for one of these spoiler discussions about a movie or mm -hmm. a, a a series and then here you are maybe with two or three other, other individuals that you didn't know. And now the, the community grows, you know what I Correct. mean? It spreads. And I think, I think it's important because at the end of the day, like I always found with myself at first, right. When I started the channel, I kind of got this like just bum rush of mm -hmm. um, support. I, I think more so like, I, and I, I don't say this to toot my own horn, just genuinely um, 
are, are recogn- like recognizing the longer I've been doing this, that most people struggle at the beginning, like a mm-hmm. lot to get uh, support. For me, it was the opposite way around where I had to adjust to having all these friends who for years on social mm-hmm. media, this and that, oh, you should start a blog, you should start a YouTube channel, you should start somewhere where you can compile your reviews. Because mm-hmm. I used to just post them on Facebook right. and stuff like that. And then I would screen cap that and yeah. I would post that on Instagram and Snapchat and people were like, you should just start something where you do that. So as soon as I finally did it, it was like almost all of my friends on my uh, face, Facebook friends list uh, came and supported me. Yeah. My mom sent it out. My <laughs> family coming in. Everybody, everybody came to support. So those first couple weeks were a lot of support and a lot of love. And then I had to realize that, okay, the, the coworkers, the friends that, mm. you know, I haven't seen in years, the family members, they're, gonna start trickling off yes and then i remember i remember the first time that i went from getting a couple hundred views with the first couple of videos to like maybe like 15 or 20 views i was incredibly discouraged mm-hmm. so then for me it was like all right i need to get myself and i still have those moments where my views are yeah. down and it's it's easy to be discouraged and so i kind of had to like work the other way around where i had this big bum rush of support at the beginning mm-hmm. but now it's like okay the people who have stuck around are sticking around, but now it's really about trying to build that community. Correct. And part of that is just making friends. You know, a part of that yeah. is, is having people who genuinely like, Hey, I, I care about what this guy says. Cause I'm sure you have friends like that too. Mm-hmm. You've made on YouTube where you're like, you know, this maybe wouldn't have been somebody I would have instantly latched onto their channel, but now I've just grown to love this individual or care for this individual. Mm-hmm. And I love to see how their channel grows and how their content continues to grow. So it's yeah. kind of where my headspace is at when it comes to all the collapse. Sometimes I bite off a little bit more than I should, than I can do. <laughs> and I end up having like tons of collabs that I have to kind of catch up with, which is where I'm at right now, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. It's, it's 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 a challenge. I think every day you're learning something new and I think this is the the best part of YouTube is that it allows us to experiment. You know, there's a lot of things that we have to do in our channel. We experiment with things and here and there. Like I started this podcast because a a friend says, "Hey, I love your voice. I love to hear your opinion about matters. Can you just do a podcast?" And it was just a viewer in YouTube. And I was like, I, I didn't even know what a podcast was when he mentioned it. So, um started just experimenting and ultimately I developed the podcast. It was alongside the channel, but it was not really gathering so many views. He had a fellow, uh, you know, a faithful follow following, you know, some people were watching all the time, but not everyone. So ultimately I have to separate it from my main channel just to do it separate. So it's all about, it's a, about experimentation. You have to experiment with a lot of things. Um, but I think in the end it's about, um, and that's something that my wife always reminds me is that it's more importantly, uh, more important than just, Trying to grow the channel is uh, about just trying to be honest with yourself about what you do. Um, the passionate, the more passionate you are, people can can feel that. I feel that people circle circle around those that they are passionate about what they do, what they you know what they they do here on YouTube. Most importantly, and I feel that that's something that attracts people to you. And when you have that personality, you know, like what you ask me about comics, I get so passionate. And I think people, you know, they circle around it because they love it. If they love uh, comics, they're going to come to this channel because they love it. I love statues. That's the reason I, my main channel, as you have seen my, you know, lately my channel is mostly about talking about collectibles, but I love movies too. And particularly movies that are linked to the statues and the heroes and the comics and all of that. That's the reason I invited you today. So so we need to go get back on track on that one. So we came to talk about the Snyderverse. And I watched a review, and I agree with you. Um, it was a pretty good review. So for those who haven't watched it yet, I recommend it. I will have the link in the description. But um, for those who didn't watch it and they have a chance right now to do it, um, what was your opinion in the end? You know, Can you 
Tell me, what do you think about the whole film? Do you like it? You hate it? What do you think about it? Yeah, for sure. Well, what, what I'll start by saying, because I think it's important to for the context, is that I think I'm in the minority, or you mm -hmm. know, for sure that when for the 2017 cut of the film came out, I, mm -hmm. I knew it. What it didn't, it just didn't feel as epic. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to ten thousand dollars to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com/partners for more information. Because any of like, let's say the Avengers films, and I'm not yeah. here to like compare the two, but I just you know like let's be honest the justice league is the avengers version of mm -hmm. the dc and so i just wanted to at least feel that same kind of epicness yeah. you know i loved man of steel i was mm -hmm. kind of i was kind of iffy on batman versus superman it just felt like there was like i there was parts about it that i love that are epic some of the best comic book moments ever put to screen yeah and then there are moments that are like as far as the story that just kind of felt like they just didn't go anywhere mm -hmm. and then you know you always hope that a sequel will kind of answer that for you mm -hmm. And the Justice League 2017 movie was fine. Like for me, it, it was fine. It just didn't do it for me. Like it didn't, it didn't answer a lot of questions. It left things up in the air. And so with the 2017 cut, it kind of reminded me of one of the um, animated movies, mm -hmm. one of the DC animated movies where there's a lot of things that they don't, over, they don't explain to you, but they kind of expect you as an audience member to mm -hmm. kind of fill in those holes. Kind of like that scene where they're digging up Superman um, in the cyber cyborg and flashers digging up superman in the 2017 cut yeah and they go like oh where are the accidents like it's kind of for us comic book fans we're like okay we know we know what the accident yes. is you know what i mean but for for everybody casual else who's kind of just like, yeah for a casual viewer it's just kind of like underdeveloped and even just as a movie goer especially when a live action franchise you want the development correct all that to say the snyder cut was everything i think we could want and more mm. it, it was an epic time i had a really good time with it you know there's a couple moments here and there every movie has it little things you can trim off you know little moments that maybe are going to work for some not work for others yeah uh, I was discussing with some of my friends on the spoiler discussion we did on my channel mm -hmm. that uh, one of them really enjoyed the scene with uh, the Flash, Barry Allen, and um, and Iris West, where he saves yes. Iris West. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like the scene because of the stylized, you know, slow motion and Correct. all that kind of showing us his powers and stuff. Uh, but as far as like a clip in the movie, that was the one thing scene that I said like just felt kind of pointless. It just didn't. Yes. Because there was nothing else that came out of it, you know. It's like the relationship didn't, you know, he didn't pursue the relationship. You didn't see her anymore. It's like it was just there, just wasting time. Yeah, it was like set up. It was set up because we know she's probably going to be in the Flash movie. Correct. Um, so for, for me, like there was stuff like that, the little little things that you could have trimmed here and there because it's a four-hour movie. Correct. Uh, but, man, it was such a great time. And I think it, it was just hard when I was sitting there watching it. I just go, even though we knew the the – bone structure of this movie because of the mm -hmm. 2017 cut it, it was the bone structure of it minus like maybe the legs and one arm you know what i mean like there yeah. was just so much so much more that this movie was able to stand on as far as character development and and you know some of the special effects felt like a little bit more cartoony than the yeah. 2017 one but i mean it makes sense and it all it all fit within tone right like Correct. Zack snyder has this very vivid comic book looking tone mm -hmm. uh, to his movies uh but yeah man overall i know it's a long winded response but no, it's uh, okay good i i genuinely love the movie i found it to be really really great and, and i really enjoyed the expansion on these characters correct and the one last thing i'll say before we move on or at least you know before i want to hear your response mm -hmm. um is that uh the one thing that's so, super clear to me uh, tragically is the uh, is the whole thing that we've heard about ray fisher with joss whedon mm -hmm. uh the abuse allegations all yeah. that kind of stuff Watching this cut of the film, I mean, Cyborg is 
like the heart of the film. Like it he's is. such a crucial element in this version of the, the story. And any doubts I think anybody had about Joss Whedon, you know, maybe having problems with Ray Fisher, it, it's more than apparent now. It's more than clear at this point. Like it's so obvious that there were issues. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like he was such a crucial part to the narrative when you think Correct. of the whole movie that to cut out all the stuff that they did, it, it seems like a malicious attempt to mm-hmm. cut him out of the film. So that that's the one thing that I definitely took away from it beyond just it being a, a great time, man, as a comic book fan, as a longtime DC Marvel, just comic book fan in my life. I, I just loved it. Being able to see this movie come to fruition in this huge epic way that just expands on these characters and, and shows us so much more story. So uh, yeah, man, I, what did, what did you think, man? I, I actually mm-hmm. have not seen your review. Yeah. I, I know you shared it. I haven't gotten around to watching it yet so this will be my first time being able to hear yeah. your thoughts well um i'm telling you i enjoyed it a big time i was i really wasn't expecting much of it you know um i did have no problem with the original the 2017 film i like that film it wasn't perfect but i you know i understood what they were trying to do uh, originally and i like the tone not saying that uh, i dislike uh, Snyder's tone because I'm a big fan of Snyder. I love his stuff in the past. I actually have all the movies right here in front of me. Um, I always want to love Watchmen. I think it's one of the best movies, particularly the director's cut. It's Sucker Punch, for example. So, And I have all the Man of Steel, all the stuff here. Um, Justice League, the original Justice League, I understood what they were trying to do. Uh, they were trying to lighten the tone for the, the whole franchise because it was going too dark. Uh, but at the same time, it missed the opportunity to really be a good setup, like you were saying, like the Avengers were for the universe. And in many ways, it's not the fault of Snyder. It's not the fault, I would say, even of Weedham. Yeah. It's the fault of Warner Brothers from the get-go because they're trying to, they were, you know, they tried to rush this universe so quick out of the gate, you know, trying to put it out there. And they were trying to make it everything so, so I don't know, so included into this single singular film that ultimately doesn't deliver. As you know, with the MCU, they have the opportunity of 10 years of building a universe uh, step by step, you know, movie after movie, character after character. And to be honest with you, when I came to this film, I'm thinking, yes, it's going to be like the same as you see. You know, one thing I would say about Snyder, that he has the blessing of being able to present his view or his cut of things in almost every film. He did it with Watchmen, he did it with Sucker Punch, did it with Batman v Superman. It's always a director's cut. So I'm thinking, which is actually good in the sense that not many directors get that chance. It's like you get the, uh, an opportunity to fix whatever was wrong of a previous film. So he had the opportunity to do it and that's the reason why there are four hours. He injected as much as he could into it to try to fix a lot of the things that were wrong, not only on, on Whedon's side, but also his side. And ultimately, I think it was a spectacular film. I, uh, you haven't watched my review, but uh, I graded it as an 8 out of 10, which to me, it's, it's good. It's excellent. Um, yeah. But I, w- I will be honest with you. If this movie would have come out in 2017 instead of the movie that we got, I would probably give it a 9, 9.5 easily. Damn. Yeah. Because now, of course, I, you know, we have the foresight. We have seen how the universe have developed after that. Of course, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. So it's like we already saw that. But if if it was my first time at the movie theater watching this four-hour epic film, I will be really in love with it. I will definitely give it a nine, you know, even with all the flaws, nine, nine and a half easily. Um, no. I, you know, I love it. I still don't think it's better 
than I would say Avengers. Um, but in my opinion, it's the best film so far in the Snyderverse, was the best film in the entire universe that he created. And that includes Wonder Woman, that includes Aquaman, Shazam. I love those films as well. I think at the same level. But I think this, because of the, the sheer amount of content that he has, the characters, and the way he set the stage, I feel that this is a perfect film to set up, you know, future films, which we know that right now it's very almost impossible. Doesn't mean that it will never happen. You know, you never know. That's the reason we're here to talk about it. But yeah. yeah, I like it. I enjoyed it. To be honest, I sit down. I took time. It was a day. I said, let me just watch. It's going to be four hours. So I'm going to wait here. I watched two hours of it first. The first two hours. My wife came from work and we started watching it again. So uh, technically I watched it for six straight hours. There were a couple of moments where I just, I was distracted with my phone. But for the most part, I, I felt that it was good. I didn't feel like, oh man, this is too much. You know, I, I need to, it needs to be, you know, it needs to finish now. It needs to be over. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it was good. And I, I do recommend anyone, if whoever has any doubts about the film, about Snyder as a director, I think this film will put those doubts to rest, the doubts to rest, because it was good. I think even his cinematography, is, it was better than what he has done in the past. There were a lot of moments where I feel that even the camera work, it was comparable to Nolan's work. Uh, so I feel that uh, as a director, he's getting better. The story was more cohesive make more sense that what Batman v Superman was. Yeah. So it really, in my opinion, now you can, I can go back and watch Batman v Superman. And I do feel that this film fixes a lot of the issues that that film had. Yeah. And I ranted when that movie came out, I ranted the same day I went to the movie theater, came out of the movie theater on my car. I, I did my review. I was ranting because I couldn't, I didn't like Batman v Superman at all. And to yeah. be honest with you, a lot of people prior to that film coming out, I was a big defender of Snyder. Um, a lot of people, I was in, in different um, websites, you know, talking to friends in different forums. And a lot of people were hating because a lot of people didn't like, uh, you know, Superman, Men of Steel. I like the film. I really enjoyed it. It's not perfect, yeah. but it's a good Superman film. So to me, yeah, to me, this was, um, you know, uh, to me, that was proof that Snyder could have done a good, um, you know, Batman v Superman. But I don't know. It was a disappointment for me, that movie. Of course, the director's cut of the Ultimate Edition was better. They improved certain things here and there. Uh, so um, I'm telling you, I think this movie, this Justice League film, it's uh, it's a really one of the best movies, superhero movies that we have so far. And yeah. in so many ways surpasses uh, aesthetically, you know, the story, all of that surpasses many of even Marvel movies, um, which is a great achievement sure. for Snyder and for DC fans. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was definitely a um, one. Of, it's definitely one of the better comic book movies we've ever gotten. It's just because of, like you said, the, the, the amount of content, just the, the sheer epicness, the sheer grandness of it yeah. is is not easily surpassable. Now, I think it just depends on your feelings on something. You know, mm -hmm. I think that at the end of the day, could you imagine if we would have gotten a movie like this? Now, there, well, I should also add on, we likely would never have gotten this cut of the film in mm -hmm. theaters you know even if we still got Zack snyder's vision there was no way we we're gonna no get way for hours a four-hour movie in, in the movie theaters they just it just wouldn't make sense for them financially right. mainly because that, that means less screenings in a day mm -hmm. because of how much more time you have to throw in an intermission more than likely mm -hmm. so it wouldn't it wouldn't work for everybody um and they they likely wouldn't do that but I, you know I, i'm very grateful for the cut that we did get i think the biggest disappointment is the fact that they seem to not be continuing the right. Snyderverse in any way shape or form which is i think the most disappointing part of this whole thing but overall man yeah i definitely think it's up there with 
you know, I would definitely put it on par with the um, with at least the first two Avengers films. I think the first Avengers film, just because of just how they like the build up to it from the previous films. It, it, just imagine if we had gotten this film with all of the individuals. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Jewel Heroes having gotten their own film prior, mm-hmm. I think that we would have felt a little bit more impactful it, felt, it would have felt more epic, you know what I mean? And now it's funny because you get to watch it kind of in hindsight. Yeah. Or kind of look at like, oh, we've had this whole movie with, we've had two movies with Wonder Woman now. So we're going back and like kind of seeing this like, mm-hmm. this different take on her now or this different approach to her character. And we've had a whole movie on Aquaman that's, even though it's in the future in the timeline, mm-hmm. it's like we've had all this development with him and like learning his, you know, this version's past with his father and his mom and stuff like that. So you're able to kind of bring that over into this for Mm -hmm. this, you know, watching this for the first time. Uh, But yeah, for the other characters, I think that if they just would have taken the time to give us these other movies or, you know, even if they would have been teamed up in other movies, if they would have just been able to give them more time, I think that this movie could have surpassed at least the emotional response that I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people have to the Avengers movies because of the time we've had with the characters at the end of the day, you can't you can't just jump into like Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame without all those other films and expect to feel the exact same impact. Yeah. You may be able to enjoy the cool action and the visuals, but that that weight behind the narrative is not going to all be there when certain things happen. You know what I mean? When when Iron Man snaps his fingers and says I am Iron Man, you know, or he says I am Iron Man, and then he snaps his finger at the end of Endgame. That that weight isn't all there for you if you haven't seen the other movies. So I think even with how awesome this movie was, it's mm-hmm. even something like in this franchise, when you think of like Superman, like they killed him too soon, in my yeah. opinion. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's not, I like Henry Cavill as Superman. Like you mentioned Man of Steel. I really like Man of Steel. Like I think mm-hmm. Man of Steel is one of my favorite it is. Uh, Superman movies because it's just different. It's cool. It's visceral. The action's big. We haven't gotten a Superman movie like that. So on an mm-hmm. action and visual level, I think it's one of the cooler ones in the Superman, like, you know, lineup. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of losing my train of thought because I'm oh. all over the place, which is usually how I am. I talk too fast. But me too. What I could say overall is I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the movie. I found it to be just a, a great installment into the series. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's funny. I said it was my favorite in my review, but I made sure while I was editing it, I added it at the bottom that I was I still wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, because I really love the first Wonder Woman movie. Correct. I love it too. I love just it. I think it's just a strong movie all around. I mm. feel I feel that emotion every time I watch it. When you get to everything with her and Steve Trevor by the end of the film, I just think it's a very good, quick, concise watch. Uh, but I will I will uh, commend Zack Snyder for making a four hour movie Correct. not at all feel like a four hour movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can and tell so, you one thing. For example, I, yeah. uh, like you saying, I I agree with you. Um, my review for Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam were the same, uh, uh, pretty much the same score as the, for this film, for Justice League. Um, they were 8 out of 10. Uh, I love Wonder Woman because from the get-go, the film gives me everything I want. You know, from the yeah. first viewing, 
I went to the movie theater with my wife. I enjoyed it. I, in my opinion, as uh, Wonder Woman is the closest film in the DCU to the MCU because he has the same tone. You know, it starts from the beginning. You get an introduction of the character, a development. Is it a story development? She matures in the process, and in the end, the big battle. So it's just, it's a movie that is well constructed. Yeah, 1984 has more flaws. You know, I have no problem with the film, but it's not perfect in comparison to the original Wonder Woman. Um, uh, Aquaman, I love it. I love, uh, you know, Momoa. It's, I think he's a, you know, funny guy. I think the guy that you see on screen is the same guy that you see in person. So it's like, you, it's not necessarily Aquaman. It's just Jason Momoa. Yeah. And um, Shazam, I love that too. I love the tone of it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this is that. This are, those are the films that I can watch any given moment. Sometimes when I'm working on my computer, I just put the movie on. I watch it while I'm doing something, so I can con- constantly be watching the same film. Now, for uh, this film, for the Second Night of Justice League, it's like you have to dedicate time for it because yeah. there's a lot of visual reference. There's a lot of stuff going on that it has to keep you engaged. And so, no one, n- not everyone, has four hours to spare just like that. Yeah. So I think. On that level, it's an epic film, but it's not a film that you necessarily have to sit down and watch. In so many ways, it's kind of the same as Infinity War and Endgame because a lot of people love Infinity War. But I think that in order to enjoy the whole experience, you have to watch Infinity War alongside Endgame, both back to back. Because it feels like an intermission in between, you know, because from the moment that he snaps and all of that. So, I, I don't know. I just, you know, there are a lot of things. But at the same time, like I was saying earlier... Um, I would say that Snyder had a great opportunity to go back and fix some of the errors that happened with Justice League. Not only his errors, but also Whedon's errors and made a better film. Not every director has that opportunity. Not everyone. For example, Iyer is trying to go back and redo Suicide Squad. And people want that. And I'm telling you, I don't know if he deserves that, to be honest with you. Because if we can give him a chance to every director to go back and redo what they did wrong, then might as well do, do it for everyone else. And do we really want that? Um, I'm not so sure. I think Snyder always got the chance to do the director cut stuff. I, I, he's the, o- the only one that I know that gets that opportunity uh, more than often. Um, but uh, to be honest, it's something that... I still, I don't know. I think, uh, like I was telling you, if I watch it, you know, I think like you were saying, you were you review it that night and you were straight to uh, to share your opinion. So, yeah, you're excited and pumped about it and you're going to share perhaps a better opinion the same way you can be angry about something and rant about it. And then down the road, you realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe I was too crude with it. Maybe there's something that we can take out of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's just uh, in the moment. But, uh, you know, you go back and look at the scores. The film is doing fantastic. It's just doing terrific uh, all around. Uh, you know, I haven't really seen many people hating it. Of course, there's some a few of my friends, even on Facebook, probably you have seen a few that they just didn't care much about it. Yeah. But I think that already came with preconceived notions. I think in the end, you have to come to this film not really expecting much. Uh, lower your guard and just let it play out. And I think that's when this movie really works the best. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I've, I've seen a couple of reactions to, from people um, saying like, you know, that they liked it, that they weren't crazy about it. That maybe they liked it more than the original, like the original cut, yeah. but they're, they're still like, all right, great, whatever, you know, Superman and Batman. I've seen it before. Like some people just don't care, which brings me back to that whole thing we were talking about earlier about mm-hmm. finding community. Um, but yeah, man, overall, I, I could say I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this film. And um, yeah, like I, I think that 
this is a movie you kind of have to be ready to watch. But I think at the same time, it, it does have elements about it that you can just kind of pop on the way you said you can just watch Aquaman and stuff. But I, I will agree that I think Aquaman for me, it's probably Aquaman and Wonder Woman are probably the most rewatchable in the, in the series yeah. for me thus far. Um, they're light, they're fun, they're, they're quick watches. And uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to that tone, but there are certain characters and certain stories that I love that are darker. You know, I, I love the Nolan approach to to batman i I love man of steel you know and that's why i said earlier you mentioned that this movie kind of makes you enjoy batman versus superman a little bit more and and i kind of agree man like retroactively i said it in my review like i kind of appreciate batman versus superman a little bit more mainly because i just felt like that that movie just had a lot of loose threads and it was jam-packed with with stuff Mm -hmm. and um sometimes it got a little bit i felt like it lost itself a little bit but uh yeah, man, I really thoroughly enjoyed this. It's a big bummer that we won't be getting like a continuation of Zack Snyder's vision mm-hmm. or even this universe. It looks like, which I guess, if anything, makes me like kind of upset about the whole nightmare sequence at the end because yes. it's just like <laughs> it just feels like I was saying it to my friends in the in the chat that we did the other day. I was like, it just feels like I had my balls tickled, and I'm uh-huh. and you know like that's it. Like they just kind of are leaving me <laughs> high and dry on that, man. Like I don't know, it definitely. Definitely a bummer when it comes to that part of it because it's like not only did this movie did a good did a good not only did this movie do a, a good job of wrapping up this narrative that was set up in Batman vs Superman. I also love the fact that this movie opened with the ending of Batman vs Superman, Correct. really hammering in Superman's death and the weight of it, the impact. Mm-hmm. So not only did it do a good job of being a, a follow up to that and really finishing out that story. It just it still left a lot open, you know, and even introducing Martian Manhunter yeah. and all these elements. It's like as much as I really enjoyed the film, I also kind of hate that because of its success and how good it was, we won't be getting more, you know what I mean? Correct. Which is a bomber, like you said, and I do agree. Um, because I do think that this universe and the way this movie was set up and it, it set up, of course, Martian Manhunter, the invasion, of course, the dark side and all of that. It really makes for an epic adventure. You know, to me, this is the first chapter of a trilogy that he was planning to do. And I feel yeah. that we deserve to have that because I, I will be honest with you. I can even remove Batman v Superman of the equation and just let this movie be the first one. You can start even like this, explaining in one way that, you know, Superman is dead or something. And it, this can be a great start for anyone to just start watching this universe. And because it sets up, you know, it set up uh, Wonder Woman and everyone else. Uh, so I feel that the, the, the opportunity is there to do it. Um, now, I've been thinking about this, and I think this is a possibility. You never know. Of course, everyone now, you're going to see the hashtag, save the Snyderverse and all of that. And people are going to be just pushing for that as they did with the Snyderverse cut. Um, with the, you know, save as a Snyder cut. Save the Snyder yeah, Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> release the Snyder Cut. And um, you're going to see more of that. Now, the problem we have right now with Warner Brothers, it's the fact that they already, they were so quick to move fo- uh, to the next thing by setting up the next Batman films that is upcoming. And I'm looking forward to that that new series and everything else. And they kind of, they didn't think that this will survive. Their expectation was we we are not going to go back into it, and now they already set you know against the wall, in a way where they cannot go back because they already have invested millions and millions of dollars into what is coming. Yeah, and they already have a lot of people working in these new projects, so it's like they don't know what to do. But I think the problem goes back to them in the sense that 
Warner Brothers has always been too quick to move to the next thing, move one, one, you know, from one project to the next project. Yeah. Not allowing breathing room for these projects or these existing projects to really grow. Uh, I feel that this is a mistake that has nothing to do with Snyder. I think he's on this. He has proven that he is a good director more than ever. He has proven that he has the potential. He understands the, the, the fans. He understands what they want. And he gave them, he delivered on that promise with this film. But now, you know, the only option here that I see is that HBO Max becomes that venue for these films to grow, this universe to grow, which is a possibility. But it depends on Warner Brothers executives if they're really willing to invest the money towards it. Um, you know, I, I want to go to a, um, I want to show you something here. And I'm going to go to... Um, a um, article by Deadline. I'm going to read it. It's on the screen. Um, but it says, Sex Night Justice League ranks behind Wonder Woman 1984 in HBO Max households. I will have the links for this um, the, um, this articles. But it says right there, Samba TV reports that Sex Night Justice League drew 1.8 million HBO Max households in its first five minutes over its premiere weekend on March 19, 21. Uh, that figure ranks behind the 2.2 million U.S. households who watched Wonder Woman 1984 on the streamer over December 25th, 27. Let's keep in mind that, of course, um, it is the Christmas season. You know, yeah. that's the reason why more people were watching it. Uh, so, and right now we are, what, on spring break? And not everyone is home. Uh, even yeah. though, you know, there's, you know, the limitations because of the coronavirus, people still want to go out. So not everyone was home. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Samba TV found Zack Snyder Justice League besting the first weekend premiere of Disney Plus Marvel, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which they clocked at 1.7 million households. Uh, Disney Plus released a statement yesterday claiming that Falcon and the Winter Soldier posted the most viewed weekend premiere ever on Disney Plus, and Samba TV data supported that. Now, Justice League grossed 657.9 million worldwide. That's the original film of what was an estimated 300 million production cost in November 2017. And according to Deadline Film Finance Sources, lost 60 million at the time. At that price tag on Justice League is now at an estimated 370 million, given the pick uh, reshoot and additional VFX as, War as Warner Brothers heated the social media call of the Peaks fans and cast for a hashtag release the Snyder Cut, seeing a worthy reinvestment and making it a jewel to HBO Max. Well, on this, um, we can say this. First of all, it is uh, the film. This film did so good. It didn't do as good as Wonder Woman 1984, of course, because, again, came out on December. You know, Christmas yeah. season. Everyone is home. Everyone is trying to watch something. That's the reason why. Now we're on yeah. spring break. Not everyone is home. Not everyone is prepared to watch it. But still, yeah. it was better. The viewership was better than Disney Plus, uh, the premiere of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which is telling that there's a lot of people out there more interested on watching what the Snyderverse was about, what this film was about. They care. They're more, more DC fans. And to be honest with you, this has been a really good thing for the HBO Max project or the, you know, for this platform. Because when they came into the picture, they're competing with the juggernauts of Netflix and Disney+. Plus. So now they need something big. And of course, right now we're getting movies straight to it uh, for the next year. But after that, what else do you have to produce? So I don't know. I know they're going to create more content for that platform. And I think that Snyderverse would be a great option as well uh, if they're able to do it. Um, they can make the money. Now, of course, we don't know much about how much money they're making 
because those those numbers are kind of secret. You know, we don't even really know how much actually Netflix is doing or even Disney Plus. But the reality is that uh, they're investing. This uh, companies are investing so much money into it because the opportunity is there to uh, really um, create this type of content. And like you were saying earlier, uh, it was it's almost impossible to have a four hour film on a regular movie theater. There's no way. There's no way you can really invest that and not make it you know enough money. But you can do it on a streaming service. And I think that this film proves that. Now, do they are they going to listen to that? Are they going to watch the numbers? Who knows? It's possible. Right now, they're saying that they're not going to uh, move forward. But I do believe that the possibility is still there. What do you think about that? So I would love for them to move over with the Snyderverse. Yeah, I said that before, and I definitely hope that they do that. Even if Zack Snyder is not at the helm, Mm-hmm. I think that they should at least continue on this story that has been set up, especially with the whole nightmare thing. Maybe even bring on Zack Snyder as like a Kevin Feige type or anybody who doesn't know. He's like the lead producer for uh, Marvel oh. and the MCU. He's he's, he's guided the ship uh, this, thus far. And I think that yes, the so. DCEU definitely needs something like that. Now, I struggle with the idea of a lot of this stuff coming out straight to streaming, mainly because mm-hmm. I just don't see how it'll be financially viable. Um, as time goes on. And and what I mean by that is like, you know, right now the question is, sure, there was a lot of, and I totally agree with you. Like I've seen people be like, oh, no way. Justice League crashed the servers. There's no way that Wonder Woman had more views. It, it's totally possible. Number one, Wonder Woman dropped on Christmas Day and it dropped at noon. Whereas that report is saying like in the first five minutes or so of uh, of Justice League, uh, but it dropped at midnight, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, like which is 3 a.m. here, but you know, like noon, or, or midnight in like on the west coast and and so either way like that one dropped at a time where there's still a lot of people sleeping a lot of people hadn't had time to catch up on it yet whereas wonder woman dropped like right after the time people are usually done unwrapping gifts and they're on christmas day it just it was everybody was looking for something to watch right yeah now as far as like the future of a lot of these big movies i was actually just got in a discussion with somebody the other day about the fact that they've now uh, marvel has now pushed um black widow to july and that they're going to be doing the whole in theaters and on disney plus with the premiere access 30 extra dollars thing which i i have personally partaken in for Mm -hmm. both mulan and raya and the last dragon um mainly because i don't know i'm totally some people think the the price is steep but i share disney plus with four other people yeah it's cheaper than you would if you were going to a movie theater yep um and um it you know I, I I like supporting movies you know what I mean like I like I like the support of film individual films because I think we're like really spoiled in this day and age with all these streaming services and all Correct. this stuff that like these huge libraries of content that we're able to just kind of sit through and and watch hours and hours and hours of um, but I think moving forward we're gonna see a decline in these box in these in these huge blockbusters if all of them come to streaming, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if these movies aren't able to get that theatrical run where they're able to make that, that profit in a lot of cases, a massive prop like profit. I think we've all gotten really, there's kind of a spoiled sense about like how much content we've gotten. And we're still pretty early on. Most of these movies that we're getting right now, we're mm. almost all completely done or, um, or we're either already done or we're almost to being close to being done before mm-hmm. the pandemic hit that that's, we're still kind of getting those films that were already well into production and they're, they're still going into production for new things. Mm-hmm. But I think moving forward, if everything that's huge like this, these 
movies like Zack Snyder's that, you know, this was like a 300 something, almost $400 million film. Mm-hmm. And moving forward with most of these films being in the 150 to $300, $300 million uh, like range, I just don't see how that'll be viable. And I think we'll get less blockbusters as the years go on mm-hmm. if we don't have that theatrical run or some sort of premiere access in order to, you know, continue to, I don't know, support the system. It, it sucks because it's easy to say like, oh, you know, they're multi bajillionaires oh disney has the money yeah they have Mm -hmm. the money but if you want them to continue to operate at the massive level that they do on all levels cruises movies tv shows you know theme parks they got to make the amount of money that they do and if exactly we're going to cut a huge part of that out it's it's gonna make it rough by the way sorry to anybody who sees me over here (laughs) like sniffling and stuff i I was telling uh someone before that i have massive allergies today uh but yeah man overall it's a tough thing. I don't necessarily like, I would love everything to come to streaming, but mm. I also don't want that to happen because I just yeah. feel like it's just not going to be viable for these studios to continue mm. making this top tier, uh, you know, stuff. Yeah. At the same time, it's important to point out that um, with, you know, with the thing, with the streaming thing and everything, like for example, most of the money when they invest into producing these big films or a uh, big chunk of what they invest goes towards um, the campaigning or the, you know, the all the ads and everything they do in order to be in movie theaters. So that yeah. is half of that cost goes towards that. Now, if they're able to swift that amount of money that they invest towards putting all those films in movie theaters, they can invest it towards the quality of the film. Then they're making money and they, we can see more of that. Of course, those are numbers that I'm not really familiar with. But uh, I feel that I, I will say real quick the uh-huh. the one thing I'll say to that I think that the struggle is there right would, like is that if still if you're making a three let's say you're making a two hundred million dollar massive mm-hmm. blockbuster comic book film at the end of the day is like well let's say like I'm already signed up for all these streaming services mm-hmm. I'm paying my monthly subscription I'm not signing up for that thing I'm I'm already signed up because I already know that there's gonna be stuff like that rolling out just Correct. like with Marvel and 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 Star Wars Disney Plus. They got, they have me locked in forever they, because of all the stuff they have they, coming out. But at the end of the day, they're one of the cheaper streaming services. And the question is, like, if you have one of these massive movies, like a Snyder Cut, how many people? I think we really will know how successful this was for them. How many did they see us a, 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 an increase, a surge of, yeah. in people signing up for their subscription service? right at launch or right before launch of Justice League, you know, is the money that they're making from people signing up, which usually is going to be not that much, mainly because of the fact that, you know, if you somebody buys uh, a subscription service for one of these services for one month and they have a family of like <laughs> four or five or six or more, yeah, you know, it kind of leaves you in a situation where it, it, are they making enough money from that one film dropping on their service or mm-hmm. is it just going to kind of be part of the huge library you know what i mean yeah and i think it goes back to one thing that i feel the focus it's goes back to the way warner brothers operates as a business i've always operated in almost every aspect of their enterprise where there is on television where there is on cinema where there's even in gaming they have so many studios for all sort of things they start this project very quickly to try to make as much money as they can, and then they move to the next thing. and Or they cl- close a studio, open another studio, do all their enterprise. And I feel that that's the same effect that you see here. Like you were saying earlier, and it's so important to always keep this in mind and keep this in perspective. The reason why the MCU has been successful 
has been because I've always had Kevin Feige to be at the top as a leader. Because he was the leader, he was the visionary, he is the ultimate head in this. He only answers to the owner, or in this case, well, the president of Disney, but he has free room to do whatever he wants to do. And from the get-go, he's been leading the charge for since the beginning, since even before the MCU or Marvel Studios was established, and has yeah. been able to do that. That's the reason why we're going into the second phase of, you know, of this universe. We're going into some other things. And like you said, that's the reason we're tied up to Disney Plus, not only because the stuff that is coming. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Not only because of the MCU, the big blockbuster films, but also because everything that is coming for Star Wars to just the platform, uh, you know, with the Mandalorian and everything else that is coming, everything that is coming for Marvel. All of that is really exciting, and it's actually the cheapest service that we have so far. You know, I've yeah. been a subscriber from Netflix since the beginning, since back in the day where you got, you know, the DVDs in the, the mail. Yeah. And I love Netflix, but there are times where I feel like, do I really need to continue Netflix? Because, But they do have so much content. They are pouring that content. They invest in money towards the content to keep you engaged. Um, now, that's the only problem that I have with HBO Max, you know, we're going to get movies, one or two movies a month uh, this year. But what else is there that really engage me to continue that service? What do I have there besides just this big blockbuster films? Some are good, yeah. some not so good. Some I care about, others I'm really not looking forward to. So I feel that there's something that where they need to invest on that. Uh, whether they do a Justice League 2 or whether just continue with some of the characters here, which is almost impossible. Like you were mentioning with Ray Fisher, he has a lot of issues right now uh, with the Warner Brothers executives. And it goes back to that. The problem with that with Warner Brothers is that they do not have a leader per se. There's so many different executives and they have changed executives all the time. So everyone has a different vision of what they want to do. They don't have a concise uh, vision of this universe. And I think that's the reason why the entirety of the DCU has been affected because of it. You know, they have produced yeah. some good movies. I'm not saying that they, they haven't. Like you were saying, uh, the Nolan, Batman films, those are masterful pieces of cinema. I love those films. And uh, the Joker, even though I wouldn't say I was too crazy about the Joker, it's a phenomenal film. But they had nothing to do with the Snyderverse. They have nothing to do with that concept, you know, this universe and I feel that they, it's a missed opportunity right here that they have in their hands because they have money there to they, they can make money if they want to, but they're unwilling to do it because you know they have other commitments or because they don't see potential in it. And that again, that's really disappointing. I, I, it's disappointing just to see that because I'm the type of person that once something starts, I want it to be you know to be finished. I want that thing to come to a fruition. And I feel yeah. that the Snyderverse had the opportunity to come to a fruition, a powerful one, but um. Unfortunately, it's not. It's, I feel that if they move, it's a big mistake to the next thing because now if they want to do it again, they're going to have to reset the whole universe again. And if they don't learn from this, the mistakes they made here, they can repeat it again. Or we have to wait another 10 years until we can get a big event again as it's happening yeah. with the MCU. No, yeah, for sure. I, I, 
I really do hope these executives start to see what the fans want because I think if the only thing I could say like kind of has me excited moving forward with all these different projects, the Robert Pattinson Batman, you know, we have the Joker with, um, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and, and the various other films that are coming out. The reality is we are still getting a Shazam 2. We're getting the Black Adam film and we're no doubt going to see Shazam versus Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, and they teased at the end. We don't see Henry Cavill's face, but they tease at the end of Shazam, that, that Superman cameo. We see him show up there. It's the same suit. Um, he's gonna be in, in Superman. Uh, he's going to be in Flash 2 as well. I think he's going to make a cameo as Superman or something. So, well, they, they, maybe, maybe I haven't heard about that, but that could be possible. I know they've already confirmed that Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be in The Flash and that Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be there, too. So it's, it, they're obviously opening the multiverse. So the one thing that DC can do, I mean, and Marvel has the multiverse, too. But the one thing that DC can really do moving forward is they want to continue to make these one offs or these new versions of characters. I mean, something that would really make them different is imagine if they just keep making movies and one day they're like, okay, we are going to continue the Snyderverse. And 10 years from now, we have like an Avengers Endgame style coming through portals, different universes with like five Mm -hmm. Batman and like five different Batman and five or two different or Superman and like various versions of the same character Mm -hmm. coming out to fight all together. DC can do that, and it would all the fans would understand it. You know, we know, like you know, I don't know if you go watch the the CW DC yeah. shows, like the Arrowverse, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm really deeply ingrained in those, and they get a little bit over the top with it yeah. sometimes. But it is pretty cool to see these various characters sometimes, like especially on the Flash, where they've had multiple flashes mm-hmm. from there, even bringing back the guy who plays his dad on the show, who played the original Flash on the, in the '90s yeah. TV show, being able to see them working together. In, in scenes and you know bringing back brandon routh as uh as superman like dc could do this stuff even ezra miller's flash showed up on yes. the cw flash show for that crisis on infinite, infinite earth, earth so yeah. it's 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 totally it's totally doable with the films too so if they move forward and they just keep making movies i just hope that eventually they realize okay Hey, maybe they'll wait to see how people react to michael keaton being in flash and if they if there's a positive reception they open up the multiverse and, you know, we'll see what they do. Because even now Marvel is going to start dipping their toes in their multiverse. You know, the next Doctor Strange is literally called Into the Multiverse of Madness. So it's yeah. like the the multiverse, multiverse is coming. There's those rumors about the new Spider-Man movie and Tobey Maguire and mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but, yeah, moving forward with DC, I do agree that they, they, need, they need somebody in charge. And I think Zack Snyder is a good person. Even if they have films – with a lighter tone, you know, Shazam, Aquaman. And I'm actually a really big fan of of Wonder Woman 84. I think I I, I was funny. I saw the movie in theaters that morning, and I think Mm -hmm. I'm definitely in the minority. But I was just so surprised when I got out because I came out. And if you watch my review that day Mm -hmm. that I did, I was so enthusiastic. I was excited. I loved the film. I had tons to say about it. Mm-hmm. And then I went online and, and I everybody saw was it. hating it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's, sometimes you're just on the opposite side of the situation, but Correct. I'm glad I reviewed it and went about it the way I did because it was my pure, genuine reaction. And I, I maybe it's because I got to see it in theaters. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, not that that takes away from people's perspective, but you know, I saw people watching it and they were live tweeting the whole time because they were sitting on their couch watching with their phone in their hand. Yeah. Like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And I just saw it in the theater and was just completely and utterly just, Yeah. I was just in it. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was just on the opposite end with that one, but 
moving forward, I think as long as they have just one visionary on top to, and you know, you let your directors do their thing, let them tell mm-hmm. stories. That's why you bring in various cool directors. Like I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad, which I hate that they called it the Suicide Squad, the upcoming one with yeah. James Gunn, because like yeah, Suicide Squad and then the Suicide Squad. But even that one, it's going to continue on. It's you know they don't if there's things you don't like from previous films, you mm-hmm. can kind of just drop them. You can drop them and move forward, but still have some sort of like continuity. Like you Correct. don't you don't give us what you gave us with the nightmare sequence at the end of. Justice League, and then drop that because that's just too big of a setup. Yes. But you know, you can drop certain little, little, little moments here and there as you move forward. You know, Marvel has done it. You know, they they kind of for a while dropped Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, from the Thor movies. Now she's coming back, but they they moved past it and they kind of like used like little throwaway lines to kind of get her out of the situation and and or out of the story. And you can do the same thing with the DC. You just gotta with the DC movies. You just kind of gotta. I don't know, there's got to be a unified vision. At the end of the day, the reason, like I told you earlier, the reason that the Avengers movies work so well is that when you see that end moment where, you know, know, the whole Avengers assemble moment at the end of Endgame and you've been watching the MCU movies up to that point, dude, like your nipples are hard. You got tinglys all over your body. You're just like, you're you're excited. Everybody was emotional. You're happy. Mm -hmm. You're ready to see like people get kick-ass your aunt. And, don't get me wrong. I had moments like that in this Justice League movie. Like, out of, there was that great shot of all them near the end uh, when they were fighting, where like it's like a quick slow motion moment yeah. where the the Batmobile busts through, and you uh-huh. have like Aquaman and Cyborg and Wonder Woman. All that was super cool. Loved that so much. Like, and so I sat there as a longtime fan of this stuff, and I was just nothing but grinning. And mm-hmm. it's just like, why wouldn't you want to continue that feeling? Exactly. And let us grow with these characters even more so that we could lead up to their battle with Darkseid and everybody will be like uh, applauding. Like, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't see what the executives are seeing. Mm-mm. And it's just like, at the end of the day, man, you know, have somebody with creative control that, you know, can keep directors at bay from making too big of insane de- like decisions, but also bring in directors that are going to do something cool and fun and just, expand this universe man like correct they're gonna do well people are going to want to see them like this has been proven over the last 20 years of comic book movies you know what i mean ever since the the first x-men movie or even first ever since blade or even really if you go back to 889 with with michael keaton's batman like Mm -hmm. that's really where it started you know unfortunately it's going to take more than just goodwill to get this done. I feel that it's going to require a really a restructure of the way Warner Brothers does business. Um, ultimately gets back to that point where if you have people there that they only care about numbers, if they only care about what it's in front of them, to them it's, you know, there's not a positive outcome out of this. But if you care about people that have passion about what they do and they say, well, let's, let's put money in, let's invest it. Like you said, you know, DC has a history of multiverses. Not only it's in the comics, you know, with all the different worlds and different Earths, they can do the same on the film. You know, they can continue the vision they have with the new Batman story that can be a separate thing. And they can continue on because they're already having the Flash movie coming. Um, they have the Aquaman uh, also. They got Wonder Woman 3. So technically, they already have the still part of the Snyderverse there. They can continue with that vision and even have, again, Henry Cavill uh, portrayed Superman again in his another film. Uh, I think the possibility is there, um, but it depends a lot on if they are willing to listen to the fans. Ultimately, it's all about listening to the fans because they're the ones paying the, the, for the tickets and allowing yeah. that to happen. 
Yeah, and like you said, like I was reading last night, uh, it was an article about um, I was um, uh, John Favreau uh, now going to uh, Star Wars. Uh, he wants to have more control with the Mandalorian, and he's fighting that back with Lucasfilm because Lucasfilm has a lot of control. And one of the reasons why the Lucas, um, the Star Wars films have been a bit of a mixed bag for a lot of people is because Lucasfilm still has a lot of control. Uh, and this is the way it was set up by George Lucas. So they technically, they want to maintain this universe one way. So it doesn't really allow for an expansion of the universe by other directors. So that's the reason why, you know, I like the Star Wars films. I'm, don't get me wrong, the newest Star Wars films, but some people don't like him because they feel that it's not the proper portrayal of this universe or it's going to free will or it's not enough free will. So, so I think that that's the problem. I think you have to give, and John Favreau has proven with the Mandalorian that there is room for him to expand in this universe. He's respecting the, the source material, but at the same time, he's bringing new things into it. And he's creating this universe that is very, very, I think any fan, whether you grew up with original films like I did, or whether you grew up with the prequels or now with the new films, I feel that people feel connected to. Um, But it's about, you know, having that leadership. I think being the leader of that, Gives him the room to really expand on that universe the same way that John, uh, the same way that Kevin Feige has the opportunity to really lead. He's not a director, but he's a fantastic producer. And yeah. we can say the same with Snyder. Even if you don't have him as a director of all these films, the upcoming films, he can be a producer. Uh, he can actually lead. Um, he's a fantastic visual director. He has, you know, the knowledge. He can really help to develop this. Uh, I wouldn't say as a writer. But he can develop this universe even more. I feel that yeah. the opportunity is there. It all depends if Warner Brothers is ready to listen to the fans and also to to really look at the numbers. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I definitely agree. And I think with, um, you know, you were mentioning the whole thing with John Favreau. I think the freedom that somebody like Zack Snyder would have is that with comic book adaptations, they're not trying to connect themselves to other forms of medium. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Star Wars, the, the struggle there, and look, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. Anybody who watches my channel, Star Wars, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. I have May the Force Be With You tattooed right here. I'm, about, I'm literally about to start a tattoo sleeve. I'm wearing a Star Wars hat. Like, <laughs> it's all Star Wars all the time. Yeah. And so that's just how I am. I, I love it so much. I grew up with the prequels. Uh, I, those were my Star Wars movies, but I grew up with, you know, the original trilogy mm-hmm. was definitely in my household. And it's a universe I've dived really deep into. And, you know, I get people's criticisms of the new movies. I get them. I've honestly loved it all to various degrees, to different yes. degrees. Certain things I don't like about all of them. And that even goes back to my favorite ones in the franchise. Right. Always, I, I always have had the mentality, and it's just kind of how I approach reviewing movies on my channel. It's like no movie is all good or all bad. Even my favorite movies that I, I call masterpieces still have stuff I can poke fun at. Like I all just right. always try to keep that in mind because they're, they're, they're man-made, right? They're, they're not they're – not, imperfect that's right. um so with star wars i think the struggle there right especially with where they put the mandalorian in the timeline mm-hmm. is that star wars is so dense with lore yes and whether it's the movies the tv shows the, the novels the, the comics the animated shows the, yeah the the novels the animated stuff the video games it all has to kind of flow so that's why they have the, the story group to make yeah. sure that there are minimal inconsistencies. Now there's always going to be little inconsistencies. And sometimes you're going to have to like retcon some of those things, like small things. Like uh, one, I always think of the most glaring one is Obi-Wan not remembering who uh, R2-D2 is at the be- like mm-hmm. in episode four. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, you went with on a million missions with this guy. <laughs> They've yes. kind of retconned that in like a comic, I believe where he's kind of, 
given like a like he, it was almost like he was faking it in a way like that he didn't know yes. who Archie was but there's always going to be stuff like that right but at the end of the day I, I think that's why Star Wars is a little bit more of a struggle and the reason I say all this is because you're kind of trying to fit your your story with Star Wars unless they take it way into the future or way into the past you're really deeply ingrained in like what the fans already know is happening in the in the universe at this point mm-hmm. so you kind of have to work around, around it that you know what i mean whereas with the dc movies or marvel movies they may take from certain comic book stories they may take the general concept they may take imagery but at the end of the day it's going to be an adaptation like you know you see uh captain america civil war anybody who's familiar with that storyline in the comics knows that that storyline is huge there's so much there are hundreds of characters involved every marvel character you can think of almost pretty much is involved in that narrative. Yep. People are dying. People are surviving. People are really, really hurt. There was no way in hell that they were ever going to be able to adapt that narrative the exact same way. They were going to have to do this universe's Mm -hmm. natural feeling expansion on that narrative, you know, and they, and they bring stuff over that iconic shot of uh, Iron Man, you know, his blast clashing up with Captain America's shield. They, they put that shot in the movie. We get that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, with comic book movies, they can create their own universe. That's where we have the X-Men universe. We've had two different Fantastic Four universes. We've had, you know, the uh, two various different Spider-Man universes. Now we have this MCU and with the DC. We've had the Nolanverse. We've had the the Michael Keaton films, you know, mm-hmm. the Joe Schumacher movies. Like all those, they're able to be their own thing. So I think that that's the freedom that comes a little bit more with that versus like a Star Wars where like anybody jumping into Star Wars now has to play within that rules the rules in the timeline but if they bring Zack Snyder all this to say again my long-winded responses to if they bring Zack Snyder to the top as far as just like an overseer of the narrative moving forward I think we can get a really cool DC universe that Mm -hmm. is able to differentiate itself from From the animated stuff from From Marvel yeah from the older stuff and just make it feel like its own version of the universe I feel like the Warner Brothers executives who are just like not getting it are just like I don't know. I don't know where their head's at with any of this. It really is quite surprising. It is quite surprising because, you know, to be honest, like you, and this is the part, like you're saying, is so true. Um, when you compare Marvel Universe and DC Universe, even in the comics, which are the source material for all of this, yeah. the Marvel Universe has always been very concise as a one singular universe. Yeah, they have a multiverse, but most most uh, known and Almost everything has continuity. You know, everything is in the same in the same place. That's the reason why, even though the Marvel Universe has been able to build that universe, at the same time, uh, the cinematic universe, um, you know, pretty much based on the source material of the comics, they maintaining one single vision because that's what cut. You know, in this case, the the readers, the fans know they don't know a different version of Captain America. There, there is the ultimate version. But most importantly, even the ultimate version respects the same Captain America, the, uh, the regular version of the regular yeah. universe. So there's one singular vision. Now, DC has always been with multiple different variations. There's a lot of uh, singular novels. There's a lot of graphic novels that they defer from the, you know, and there are stories where Batman kills. There's stories where Batman is not a killer. So there's so much stuff there. So in my opinion, I feel that that has affected um, the DCEU, but at the same time, it's a great way to set up this world very different than the Marvel Universe. And like you were saying, you can set up this the same way that they have the CW Universe, and that can operate as a separate universe. 
without a problem because I watch those shows and I like those shows. My wife is a big fan of Arrow. She loves that show. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, and there's, a, you know, the Flash stories and all that. But I, at the same time, I can enjoy Ezra Miller's uh, depiction of the Flash in this universe. And yeah. I feel that the opportunity is there. Now, let me ask you this, um, because I do feel that there are some losers with the, whatever happens now. If the DC, in this case, the Snyderverse doesn't continue on, do you think there are loose? Who are the losers of this outcome? Do you think that there's someone that is losing more than anyone else? I think the the losers are the fans, and I think also the future filmmakers, because I think that there there's going to be an inevitable portion of the fan base. Like, listen, at the end of the day, we're we have no shortage of comic book related stuff coming out, right? So. Yeah. For me, I, I'm excited. We have a weekly Falcon and the Winter Soldier now. You know, Black Widow comes out soon enough. Loki comes out soon enough. And a million other shows. You know, the DC is working on that new Batman. You know, there's rumors of a second Joker. There's various other films that they're working on. I'm still catching up on the, the Arrowverse right now. I haven't even started Superman and Lois. No, there's no, no. no shortage of comic book content. And so as much as it sucks to not see this version and this iteration continue on because like you mentioned you, batman is a perfect example of a character that we've seen him kill people not kill people we've seen adam west version we've seen michael keaton version val kilmer um you know all these various versions lego batman animated series. yeah the animated series you're able to see this character done in such goofy and fun and silly ways but also really dark and menacing ways and you could do that with the whole uh, of dc like they've, they've always done that with their characters And that's why things like a Teen Titans TV show works. That's why the Adam West show has so much respect from back in the day. That's why the Lego Batman works, you know, but that's also why like the Arkham Batman, you know, video games work. Like you can do so much with these characters. And so it will be a bummer moving forward because if they don't do that, we're inevitably going to get more films in this franchise. We're going to get the next Wonder Woman. We're going to get the next Aquaman. We're going to get the next Shazam. We're going to get all this stuff. We're going to get Shaz- uh, the Flash that's going to introduce Michael Keaton's Batman once again and, and still have Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman around. But if we never get payoff to this nightmare sequence and all this stuff, it's just always going to feel a little incoherent and consistent. Right. People who, and here's another thing. My dad and I always talk about this. I keep my dad, my dad and I are really big into movies and I am definitely the bigger fan, but, especially when it comes to comic book stuff my whole life all my my whole life i've been going to watch mo- these movies with my dad mm-hmm. and i always keep him in the loop anytime i see something new or I hear something new i talk to him about it and i remember like he's he tells me all the time like you know like anybody who like he goes think i'm you know, i'm a big movie fan but like this is him speaking he's like i'm a big movie fan but if it wasn't for you like anthony i probably wouldn't like really understand everything that's happening and so i think as we move forward the casual fans inevitably there are going to be tons of people who saw justice league snyder cut this weekend and don't understand that this version of these characters mm-hmm. is not going to continue to play out yeah so it's just going to have this it's going to continue to have this mixed bags of feelings Correct. from fans who want to see that story play out that are going to watch the inevitable stories that will play out and feel like this just feels inconsistent from what we've already gotten with these characters what do you count what do you not count i've always been somebody who loves an idea of canon you know what i mean that's why i love star wars so much because i know as a fan the movies are canon these shows are canon and they prove that within themselves as they 
connect and make sure that they're, you know, people are really upset about the books, the old books no longer being canon. Yeah. But I like the idea of being able to say, okay, this is no longer canon. You can still want, read these. These are great. Yeah. After world. We're going to create these new books and comics that are going Elf to world. be canon so that it can all flow and work within like what we're going to have coming out in the future. Uh-huh. And, you know, the MCU has its canon. You know what move, you know that those movies all count. And with, uh, and now with the shows as well, but with the DC stuff, it's just, we're not even that far into the DCEU. And now it's already like, well, Canceled. Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman are canon and the 2017 Justice League, but that much better one that you saw in 2021. Yeah, that one doesn't count, but this Wonder Woman counts and that Wonder Woman counts and the Aquaman counts, but this one might over here might not end up counting, you know? Oh, and that Joker movie that you saw in between all that, that doesn't count with the Joker that you saw on Suicide Squad, but mm-hmm. that Joker was in the Zack Snyder movie, but that one doesn't count. So don't forget that it doesn't count. <laughs> and that's the, it becomes like this thing. We're not that far into it. It's like, what, what counts? What doesn't count it, for casual fans? It's going to be get, be begin to become confusing. confusing. And so I think that that's really the hole that they've dug themselves in is like just not having a coherent and consistent vision from the beginning, even with the missteps and recastings that we've seen here and there in the MCU. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's important vision. to, yeah. And I think it's important to have a, a, I would say a plan ahead of time. It really shows in the end that Warner brothers didn't have a plan at all from the get go. They just were producing stuff as they things went. If things were successful, they continue on with the vision, but they didn't have a plan from the the start to say, this is what we want to build. And it's showing right now uh, because they already are invested into the next projects. And this just came along because that's what fans wanted. And they gave them $70 million, which is, you know, it's a lot of money, but not enough. They gave them just some money, just thinking whatever, you know, just to keep everyone quiet and just let them just play out. And ultimately became a really successful story because this film is going to be perhaps one of the best films of the year, in my opinion. Um, and I would say that, like you were saying, and it's so important, I think we all want a start, a beginning, and an end to any story. It's important to have that. Like, for example, we can go back, and I think even casual fans can go back to the original, well, the Nolan film, the Nolan trilogy, and they see the beginning and the end. What makes that film so powerful, the whole trilogy, is that there's not only the start of it, because Batman Begins is a phenomenal film. Yeah. A lot of people love uh, the middle, which is, of course, Dark, uh, The Dark Knight, which in my actually, to be honest with you, I'm in the minority. It's not my favorite film in the whole trilogy. Yeah. My favorite film in the trilogy is the last one, the, 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 you know, pretty much the end of the trilogy. Because to yeah. me, it brings, even though a lot of people don't like it as much, I like it because it brings everything full circle to the moment, yeah. you know, to the end. And it has a, I would say that there was a lot of things that could have been done with that universe. You could expand that. You can do a lot of things. But ultimately, what I love about it is that we saw the start of Batman, Bruce Wayne, how he takes the mantle. And ultimately, he comes to the end of it. We don't know. It kind of it leaves it open whether he's alive or not, or he just simply escaped or whatever. The thing is this, it leaves it open for the viewer to realize, well, you can actually make it whatever you want in your mind. And... The problem with this one is that you don't get that because you see uh, pretty much those scenes in the end that there's something major coming. And ultimately, you're going to be left hanging like, you know, you know, high and dry waiting for something that you might never see. You know, like you're thinking and that we see it as a perspective, as you were saying, as fans of this universe that we have invested so much time into this. We know all of that. But the casual fan is going to expect something that is never going to happen. And in the end, that hurts the, you know, 
the way people perceive this universe in comparison to the Marvel universe. Um, so I think that that's the major thing. I feel that uh, when going back to what I asked you, and I feel that it's important, like you said, and I totally agree with you, the losers, the main losers here are the fans, first and foremost. We are the ones losing big time here. If yeah. they don't continue this, we're losing. You know, Yeah, we can move on to the next thing, but it's always going to be in the back of our minds thinking the possibilities, what could have been, but what it never was. And yeah. I think that's the thing. I feel that another loser on the whole matter, of course, is Warner Brothers. They're losing because they lose in credibility among fans and, you know, moviegoers because they it, it doesn't seem that they're consistent with what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, now, talking about actors, I feel that uh, losers here will be uh, Henry Cavill, for example. Uh, I think he deserves a, a shot for another Superman film. Whether that happens or not, I think he's terrific and he proved it in this film. I think he's a great Superman for now. Um, I don't think we need one. You know, he has the. You know, he he is still young. He's a great actor. He's likable. I think he can do it. Um, and one other one will be Ben Affleck. Of course, he's losing now because it's a new. Um, you know, Batman film. But I yeah. think he could still do a lot more uh, as an actor. And he's losing as an actor the opportunity to keep portraying the character at least for another film. Well, Ray Fisher is losing big time as an actor yeah, uh, because, sure. like you were saying, he was the heart of this film. It is now we come to see that he was, you know, important to the original film and he was cut out of it. And in many ways, he was left out this version of Cyborg that nobody really cared about on that film until now. Now we can see how important he is to the story, to the narrative. And I think it's losing big time because we're not going to see another film with him, particularly now that he has some issues with Warner Brothers. So I feel that that was a missed opportunity because he could continue on. We could even see an expansion of his character, even into the Teen Titans or something like that. Yeah. So I feel that ultimately everyone is losing in some way. Um, I think even Josh Widom is losing because now people see him as a failed director. Although I disagree with that vision. I think that Widom, yes, he had problems and yes, he did a lot of things that are bad. Um, but I do believe that he's still a great director. He has problems. Yes, for sure. But uh, a lot of people are, I've seen a lot of in, in social media, a lot of blame towards him saying that he's the reason why the, it didn't work out in the first place. You know, he was just given a job. His job was to cut as many episodes as possible to create his own version, something different. That That's what Warner Brothers wanted from the get-go. So I don't blame Whedon yeah. for that. But I think he ends up also losing big-time uh, credibility here because a lot of people are seeing him a lot of younger people a lot of viewers are seeing him as the reason why the justice league failed in, from the, in the first step you know the first place which I, I don't think is the case um he's losing you know and it's like people have forgotten the things that he has done in the past good things that he has done in the past now because of you know whatever happened with justice league so i do feel that a lot of people are losing i think the person that wins in the end the person that is actually the only person that is winning of course us for watching this film and I think in the end, it's Snyder. Um, if anyone yeah. had doubts in the past, you know, a lot of people are always very doubtful about his quality as a director. I think he can put those things to rest. He has yeah. proven through this film that he's a good director, that he's better than who he was, I would say, five, ten years ago, that his quality as a director has improved. Uh, so I think that he can let that to rest. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think people can doubt his ability as a director as a visual director, but also the ability to create a cohesive scenario where the characters actually play the part. Yes, he is not a great writer, that's for sure, but he can put things things together and make a film enjoyable from beginning to end. 
and it makes sense. And ultimately, he respects the source material. I don't think there are many directors out there that go back as you know as he does uh, to try to give you as much visual, you know, visual references and make it as enjoyable that you feel that you actually read in the comic while you're watching the film. So yeah. I feel that that's the part where Snyder's still the best. Yeah, he's not good in certain aspects. But one thing that he is very good at is, is he's able to bring the images on the page on the pages of a comic book into the screen and make you feel like you are actually living that part of the story. So I feel that, you know, he's the only one that wins on this situation. Uh, even if he moves away from it, he's still a winner. Um, yeah. People are going to respect him because now it's not his fault that this universe hasn't continued on. It's not his fault. You know, people used to blame him. Oh, this didn't work out because of his fault because he wasn't a great director. But now people can say, well, he's a great director. He's not getting the opportunity by Warner Brothers. So that's how I feel about it. No, yeah, for sure. I think that at the end of the day, like, he's such, he, he definitely proved himself right now, right? Like Zack Snyder. And I think that, I think the, the, he wins and he loses, right? Like, because all the reasons you listed as far as why he won, you know, or why he's winning as far as, the praise that he's getting, maybe the the change of perspective that people have uh, towards him as a director. Um, but yeah, we are definitely the ones who are losing. And, and Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon's a tough one for me right now because mm. I, I, when people were like bashing on him, I was like, dude, no way. The dude make, gave us the first two Avengers movies. Say what you will about Age of Ultron. I still yeah. really enjoy that film. And um, overall, like I think he, he was awful. He was also pivotal in uh, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. For anybody was, who watched yeah. that back in the day. And so it's like, he's, he's obviously a very talented guy with a great filmography, mm-hmm. uh, you know, under his belt. I, I think at, the thing I struggle with a little bit is just hearing some of like the onset, like abuse stories and certain yeah. things that like maybe were a little bit sketchy, a little bit questionable. Yeah. That's where as a person, I kind of have to look at you and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. let's settle it down there. But yeah, we have to separate um, the director from the person. So yeah, exactly. As yeah. far as his work, I think he's great. As far as him as, as a person, person yeah, it sounds sucks. like he wasn't too great. But as a director, I will say this though, that it, like I said to you at the, near the beginning of this, I think it's very apparent to me now after having seen the movie that whatever issues he had with Ray Fisher mm-hmm. were very much present you know like he he cut the film in a way that completely eliminated Eliminated so much great storytelling that was pivotal to cyborg's character Mm -hmm. you know there was just so much about cyborg's character that was just left on the cutting room floor that it almost seems and it was so much of the movie it 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 almost seems purposeful and malicious to like cut him out of the film so I can't support Joss Whedon on that level, but mm-hmm. as a director with his filmography, I think it's great. But then it's also like, we know, like it's no it's no secret that the Warner Brothers kept, like they wanted the movie to be only so long. They wanted the movie to be, um, you know, uh, a specific length. They wanted it to be a certain way, a certain tone. And, you know, he was given all that great footage to make this cool Zack Snyder's version of the movie but at the end of the day, he like he had to cut the movie down to what he did. I, I th- the movie in no way, shape, or form could breathe at two hours. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, especially the movie with credits. If I'm not mistaken, with credits, I may be wrong, but I, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, it was less than two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's an hour and fifty nine minutes, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and it's like. Dude, that's that's criminal. Like, it is never criminal. should a Justice League movie ever be. It should be two and a half hours minimum. Minimum. It's it just this kind of movie requires that. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, man, it's, it's the executives are the thing at the end of the day is I think that the ones who are losing, I think the most and are blind to it besides us are the executives. They're blind, to it. They're, they're blind to the, the loss that's, that is essentially the inevitable loss. It's like you're saying the inevitable. Yeah. And the inevitable fan backlash, like the restore the Snyderverse thing has already started. Um, and it's funny that, uh, you know, some, somebody you should try to connect with that I think you'd like a, a lot is this guy. He's in, he's in our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. His, name, his name is Sean uh, Maher. And uh, he has a channel called Movies That Maher with a Viking. He was actually the first ever person to uh, post the release the Snyder Cut hashtag. And he's in our group. And uh, he's a really cool guy. He's this dude from Ireland. And uh, he actually got to... Uh, do a uh, interview with Zack Snyder on his channel not too long ago, and he was the fir- and he was the first person to to post on on Twitter that released the Snyder cut, and they ended up responding to his original tweet from 2017 saying uh, released. So like, so it was really cool to see it come <laughs> full circle. Um, but uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. But e- either way, like at the end of the day, the the, the fans yeah. are. Oh yeah, I know where I was going now. The fans are going to keep clamoring now for it's like, yeah. all right, release the Snyder cut. People, there are people who have time on their hands to type in release or restore the Snyder cut. That's the new one. I'm seeing restore, restore the, Snyder the Snyder cut. cut. That's the one I'm seeing everywhere. Now I'm seeing tons of posts about it. I'm, I'm, I go to like Warner brothers things. Yesterday I was on Twitter and I saw they posted like a new trailer, uh, like a quick TV spot for uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. The whole comment section. Restore. I don't care. Restore the Snyder cut. I just the Snyder cut. <laughs> It's just going to be that. And I think that they just have to realize that they have, that's what part that doesn't make any sense to me. If it was a couple people here and there, like the people who say that they say that they want people to like, they want to remake star Wars, the last Jedi. Like those are a small minority of people, Yeah, you know, like goodbye. But like, there's a lot of fans for the Snyder cut, man. I would say most, most people who are watching these movies, even people who may have enjoyed future installments, of the DC up to this point, like Aquaman and, you know, Wonder mm-hmm. Woman 84 or whatever, and will likely enjoy future installments like the upcoming Suicide Squad and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Everybody wants the Snyder verse to continue, especially with this movie we just got. So yeah, it was again, another, another incredibly long winded response all to say that the biggest losers are us, but you know, I, I think the future filmmakers will also kind of be Definitely. losing because yeah. their films are always going to be, kind of expected to even live up to what exactly. Snyder was their their version of what the Snyder verse was going to be and now there's those expectations and when somebody makes a movie that isn't taking it in that direction they're just going to people are going to be bummed you know and it, it's it's unfair to future filmmakers and that's why they should just have Zack Snyder at the top even if they bring in different directors to film the future Justice League movies or have different directors come in to film separate films for all these individual characters but mm. just have Zack Snyder do the, the Justice League movies that build off of those other individual stories correct i don't know that that's what makes the most sense to me but it's it is what it, it is. is very weird yeah for now yeah well, I'm telling you, I, I do feel, and I have really enjoyed this conversation with you. Um, yeah, perhaps we've been all over the place with everything, but it's so exciting to talk about yeah. um, the possibilities. I feel that um, you know, there's a lot of potential in this universe. There, there was a lot of potential. It still is. 
Uh, and it all depends now. I think it's left in the hands of executives at Warner Brothers to really determine what the future will bring. They're saying now that they're not going to continue on, but that can change. That can change easily by the pressure of the fan base, which you know is really strong. Uh, the DC has perhaps, you know, I would say right next to, you would say Star Wars has the biggest fan base in the world. I will say right right out of the gate. I think Star Wars has the biggest fan base, but the Star Wars fan base is so divided. Uh, yeah. into different pockets depending on your generation. Now, with the DC, it's like they are very, you know, unified about what they want. And I think that they, now it's going, we're going to see more of that in the, probably in the, in the months to come, probably in the years to come. A lot of people are really crying out for this to continue on one way or the other. The possibility is there. Um, the money is there. Um, and I feel that Warner Brothers is able to at least pull it off uh, they will be able to really regain some credit and people will even be more supportive of whatever endeavors they have in the future. But it's just a matter of time for us to know if they're going to do it or not. I'm, we're looking forward to whatever is coming. I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad film, the newer one. I'm looking forward to the Batman films. Uh, really looking forward to whatever they do with Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman next and and Flash too. But uh, I feel that... um this would be really good for the universe to really give it more. I think this already given a lot of um, energy uh, to this universe to continue on uh, even more, because I feel that people feel that there is a possibility there. Now it all depends on them, but um, yeah, like you said, I'd really enjoy the film. Um, I think it's something that anyone should watch. If you, particularly those who are comic book um, aficionados, those who love comic book stories or any person that loves movies, you know, superhero movies, it is a great movie, one of the best so far. It is not perfect, but I think it gives us everything we want, at least. Um, you know, it gives us everything we expect from one of these films. It has everything. It still has the little, it, it lacks humor, but at the same time, it's not like the crazy humor of the original Justice League because he even cut some of the stupid humor that he had. Uh, Josh Whedon added to the film. Yeah. But I feel that um, the possibility is there. Now, now we're going to, um, you know, come, coming to the conclusion of the podcast, anything that you want to share now that we're in, at the end? Anything else that you forgot that you want to say? Anything that you think, any last thoughts about this conversation? Um, you know, I think the only thing I can really say, you know, is like, I, I think as long as we, we got to keep the conversation going, right? Like, I think it's important. Like, I did a Snyder, I did my Snyder, Justice League Snyder cut review and i've also done the spoiler discussion where i had all these you know i had a couple of people on and we were all talking about all kinds of various things and here i am talking to you about it and it's great to see so many other people continually talking about it because i think at the end of the day i hope over time that we just saturate the internet with enough conversation that people are like hey you know what we really need to consider this we need to consider the snyder verse because people want it and so that's more than anything i think if, if anything We've all been saying we've been saying it the whole time, but it's that's that's the number one thing I think that we, that I can really get out of this conversation is that you know what I mean. It's like it's not about trying to compete with Marvel. Mm -hmm. These characters are different. You started later. That's fine. It's there's no problem with that. Just make good movies, and if they are good, we'll see. You know, people will see them. They'll praise them, and if they all combine one day, they'll be great. But you know, the I think the lack of vision. I think that's what's really going to continue to divide the fans, you know, because I think that even with the Star Wars movies right now, like as much as I love them, it's that lack of vision that we know it is what happened. You know, the various directors coming in, the different people coming in and writing different versions of, of, of the story. 
that lack of vision is what really has divided a lot of fans. And I think that's why a lot of people like the Mandalorian so much, you know, and we see it with Marvel. We, it's that vision that Kevin Feige has. And no doubt, whenever Kevin Feige steps down from the MCU, he will more than likely appoint somebody to be the new Kevin Feige. And um, I think that 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 sense of leadership is what's really needed with the DC movies because it's just not all there. It's just not all there. It's just right. it, it has to be, man. But I, I mean, I've genuinely appreciated you having me on here. It's been a lot of fun. I, lo- I love discussing this stuff. Like I told you, it's like starting YouTube and doing stuff like this was the ability. At the end of the day, right? this is going to be a piece of content on your podcast. You're going to upload this. People are going to watch. They're going to listen. They're going to comment or have their, their opinions on things. Um, but it's just two dudes sitting on, you know, here on my couch, you on your, at your desk talking about movies and um, movies that we love, things that we love. And it's, it's one of the coolest things about doing something like this. Uh, so I, I appreciate you having me on uh, as for anything else, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. Uh, I think I think I think all that we can say has been said. It was a great movie. It was a far superior cut. It, it you know it can de- it leaves the story wide open for so much more. And there's there's no there's nothing more to be said other than that it is an absolute just like missed opportunity to not at least continue this universe, even if you have different directors come in, even if you shift the tone slightly. Mm-hmm to not continue this storyline and continue to create new versions of the characters with various different actors and stuff like that just eliminates the possibility to tell a cohesive narrative that people are going to be emotionally resonant with, you know, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, I would say, Anthony, thank you very much for, you know, taking the opportunity and, you know, for the, for really taking time to sit with me and discuss this. Uh, I think we are very passionate uh, as as far as I know, uh, since I've been following your channel, I know you're passionate about movies. So anyone that is watching or listening to the podcast, I will have the link in the description for uh, Anthony's channel, so you can follow him also in social media. And uh, he's always one thing I like I love about him is he's not only talking about the newest films; he's talking about all sort of films, cold classics. You know, he talks about anime, he talks about you know like horror, he talks about you know he covers almost everything, and it's good. And also he has conversations with other YouTubers in regards to this film, so it's really fun to watch him. So I really recommend anyone that is listening to this podcast or watching this video to really follow him. Again, I will have the links. But yeah, I would say Anthony, it was a pleasure. Um, definitely, I feel I agree with you and everything. I feel that. In the end, we, we hope for, for more. I think that the opportunity is there. Um, I think the only thing stopping Warner Brothers to continue this and make money out of it is Warner Brothers. I don't think anything anything else is in the way. I don't think fans are in the way. I don't think Snyder is in the way. I don't think even the, the way the format, whether there is a, you know, virtual, whether there is some, you know, digital or whether there is in movie theaters, I think the possibility is there. It's just a matter of them to really take in the mantle and moving forward and you know uh you know put in the people that they need to be there to lead the way so i feel that that's the possibility so we'll see only time can tell but yeah yeah, but my friends i want to say to all of you thank you for listening thank you for watching uh and again you know god bless i will talk to you we will talk to you again bye-bye